basically we looked at a youth orchestra and said, wouldn't this make a great school? And it kind of came out of that initial impulse. Um, one of the things that happens in a youth orchestra is nobody says, well, like all the 12-year-olds are going to sit together over here and the 13-year-olds are going to sit here and the 14-year-olds are going to sit here. You, you partnered with somebody who's playing the music. Um, and that you know, where you, you're both doing similar kinds of work. And um, as we always say, it's, school is the only time in your life when you are put in a room with other people born the same year as you. And that's the sole criterion for the grouping. <laughs> it's like, what's that about? It makes yeah. no sense. We often have to reiterate this for people. There is no audition process. And 95% um, if not more, have not had previous experience in, in the arts. So we give them their first violin. You know, we, they've, they've not danced before, um, and certainly not modern dance. Um, you know, um, they may have done karate. Um, but what part of, one of the goals of the school was to provide professionally guided arts experiences for students that don't have access to it in any other way. For us, the arts is a, is a useful metaphor all the time, and they understand that when, when, when they feel that urge to say, but, but what do I need to do to, to do well on this? Right. And we will say, okay, well, all right, what do you need to do to do well on that Mozart piece you're playing? Wait, it, is that even a question you would ask? Oh, what do I need to go home and practice so that I can get an A on this Mozart? They know how ridiculous that sounds. Or, till I've practiced enough that I can stop. It, yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> like, they get. Is that a real motivation if you care about is. something? <laughs> and know they have a hard time, they have a hard time translating, but. But you see the understanding when you say, why would math be any different? Yeah. Why would it be any different to real mathematicians? They would just think it's ludicrous, and they do. So we're going to have you operate like real mathematicians would operate at whatever level you can do that in the, at this given time. Um, so having, having the center of the school be something that is rooted in authentic work is extremely helpful in the academics. Every scholar takes everything that's offered. So you don't reach a point where, okay, I'm done with algebra and geometry and I'm not taking any more math. You have a math course <laughs> until you graduate. You take Latin every year you're here. You take, um, well, we don't care if you like to sing or not, you take voice class every year. and. Um, you take your, you know, everybody dances. That's what their, you know, the equivalence of PE is dance. So everybody in the school dances, everybody sings, everybody either plays a string instrument or does intensive dance. Um, and everybody does uh, rhythms and percussion on Fridays. Um, and everybody's involved in performance ensembles. So that's, and everybody reads the same books. So the curriculum is the same across the uh, grade levels because there's no such thing as a sixth grade book. You know, it's like, <laughs> we, we don't think, I, you know, it's like they, they all, um, they all read the Iliad, they're reading Canterbury Tales now, they're, you, you know. Now, some groups may read more of the Canterbury Tales, they may read them in greater depth and complexity, 
but everybody has the same basic curriculum, you know, and, and they're challenged to the level to which they can rise. The other thing about being inquiry-based is that it's actually coming out of wanting to know something as opposed to the idea of there being answers and that the teachers have answers. We're, you know, it's like, we don't, we have questions and, um, you know, one of the, you know, we were talking the other day, we we're starting to talk about um, the Canterbury Tales and um, we we're talking about, okay, the French coming into the English language and the, the significance of 1066, what happens in 1066, the Norman invasion, okay. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I came back and said, okay, so um, what do you know about, you know, the interaction of French and English? And, the Norman invasion. Okay, what do you know about the Norman invasion? It happened in 1066. Okay, what happened in 1066? The Norman invasion. And what do you know about the Norman invasion? It happened in 1066. So it's like there's there's something very satisfying about having a nugget of knowledge. But it was so okay. So what do you know? You still don't know anything. You have like you know you have little pebbles of, of facts. And and you know we've been breaking this down a lot in math. It's like you know okay. So, you know, there is no right answer. If you're really a mathematician, you know, you're trying to find ways to, to, um, to communicate thought through numbers. You're not looking for the right answer so you can go on to the next problem so you can get an A on the paper. So, you know, we're, we kind of sidestep all of that stuff. We want them to think. We want them to, um, to have... Um, authentic conversations with each other and with themselves and um, if you're writing an essay it's not about do you have a thesis statement and five paragraphs it's about do you have anything to say as much as possible the teaching styles conversation and responsive we don't plan out ahead of time what we want them to get they're going to get whatever the conversation yields they're not going to have a pre-planned, oh, everybody needs to understand this aspect of, of the nun's priest tale. There, is there an aspect, a single aspect that you want to make sure? I, you know, it, it is conversation-based. The hardest thing and the thing that we talk with the staff about a lot is the hardest thing to do is to stay conscious is just to stay present so that you can authentically respond at any given moment to what's coming up rather than have that kind of the, uh, an, an interaction in which I have information I'm trying to feed to you and which which turns them passive and kids are so used to that by the time they get here they're like so used to sitting back and waiting for the wisdom to wash over them and you know um, as opposed to lean into it and see what they want to get. We cast the staff, like, when we're talking to people, it's like, do we want to have dinner with this person or not? It's truly, if we don't want, if it's not somebody we're interested in talking to, why would we subject children to that, <laughs> you know? So our kind of our, our first um, screen is, is this a person who's, you know, interested in things in a way that that makes it available to others in conversation. So who doesn't come in with, well, this is my kind of lesson plans. We've ended up mostly our staff has never um, taught 
in before the, in, in the school system. Way. Yeah, you know. Um, so they're not used to having their own room and their own. But they're able to walk in here with tremendous. Um, you can walk in here with your PhD in physics from Cornell or your master's in astrophysics from Caltech um, or your PhD from Berkeley in math and not have to worry about but how am I going to control this classroom. We do the, the discipline is generalized. So, you know, it's the same discipline in every group. So, you know, everybody behaves the same way as they would in SIDS class because we have a master teacher in the classroom all the time. And so that they get to actually just interact with the kids in groups of about 15 around subject matter. So, um, it, it, it's ended up attracting an interesting bunch of people. You know, and, and they're they like each other, and we were laughing that you know we we end up we get attractors in, and then other people come because they like to be around each other, and they like to have those conversations. We want we wanted physically to mirror the fact that there are no real divisions between subjects; those are completely human created. Math is something different from poetry, which is something different from art, which is something different. And we just don't believe that. It's all communication. So, you know, if you have an idea in your head, you know, you can try several different ways to get it across to other people. But otherwise, we're just kind of stuck, unable to um, share information. So, um, Numbers communicate, language communicates, music communicates, movement communicates, it all communicates. And we try and get it down to the lowest common denominator as much as possible. So, And it's um, your brain that does that, and it's the same brain from one, spite, one space to another.